We are badly needed. Long overdue. A long overdue controversial podcast about Colorado Springs. I'm your host, Nick Raven. It's controversial <laughs> because it makes sense. Here's my co-host right over here. It's Emily Lewis. Hello. Ooh, hi. 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 How are you doing? We got an interview today with Stephanie V. Hill. She's our uh, candidate here for Oh my god, you sound like an auctioneer. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we're getting these done. This is our second podcast of the day. We're getting it Knocking done. it out. We're knocking it out. Uh, great interview. Chat again. Stay veal. She's the namesaker of this very podcast. This badly yes, needed and long overdue. It took me so long to remember the name of this podcast. I will tell you that. This name was very hard. <laughs> there were so many syllables and so many words. Once I got it down to Binlo, I could kind of work from there. There you go. Yeah, badly needed and long overdue. Great. Uh, we had a yes. really good interview. We did. We have a, had a fantastic interview. Um, you should definitely watch it. Disclaimer, there are some things in the podcast that are not. Do not come at us and do not come at Stephanie about these things. It was all in fun. Everything's in fun here. actually wants to do that. Unless it's serious. Yeah. It's fun until it's serious. Looking at you. Uh, so with all that said, um, let's talk to Stephanie V. Hill, uh, who is our candidate for House District 16. The yes. Democratic candidate. There we go. All right. Woo! Woo! Stephanie V. Hill, welcome back to this podcast that we do. I assure you, we have not moved out of the closet uh, as far as our production goes. Everything looks a little bit fancier, a little little bit bit fancier, but it's basically the same as it was when we recorded Mm -hmm. like four and a half months ago. Forever ago at this point. Yeah. Welcome, Steph. Hi. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Look, I can even (laughs) switch. There you are. Hi. Ta-da. Ta-da. Ah. We've we've changed all kinds of stuff in here in, in the time since since we yeah, did our for, thing. For for those of you who did not catch our, our first couple of episodes, Stephanie is um Stephanie was our first guest. Uh because we love her and also because she is responsible for naming us. Exactly. Entirely by accident, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the joke name. I was name a little bit all... serious. No, no, <laughs> I know. Yeah, there was there was an, a kernel of, like, you better do this or else. Uh, but for the most part, I yeah. understand you're, 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 we're laughing so, around stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But, so yeah, what had happened was, right, is that Nick <laughs> asked people for names. I think, like, on a Facebook post, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just really yeah. casually out there. Like, what would be a good name for... <laughs> you know, a podcast about just about Colorado Springs. Um, and Nick and I, and we, you know, we've talked about this before, like both have like a deep, deep love for this city. I think there's a little bit of, um, there's some push and pull in the city about the people who have been here for a long time and they mm-hmm. prefer it to, they would have liked it to, for it to have stayed small. That's a sentence. Would have yeah. liked for it to stay small. Um, they're pretty conservative. They don't want it to get bigger. They don't want it to get more liberal and more diverse. Um, and so they're mad about what the city is becoming. And then there are people who are like always kind of wanting it to be more of a like full fledged city than it actually is. And they're just never yeah. quite satisfied. So they want to they want to be seen saying how lame it is. Yeah. Um, but like I just love our city. I love our city. It's my real hometown. Um, even though I didn't get to be born here, I'm super attached to it. I always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have been since I came back. Um, 
And so I was just like, well, it's badly needed and long overdue. Like, is that other than that? Like, what? And it's like, well, yeah. you can't, you, you started the show with a showstopper. So, I mean. And yeah, then, I know. We just all kind of went, well, yep. Okay. That's, yeah. that's what it is. I haven't listened to our second episode, which is the one that you're on. So we're probably going to talk about some of the same things, but uh, it, it's been a season since back in the summer, your your campaign was just it was still nascent it was still just kind of starting out just a um, precious little baby just a precious precious little baby i don't know i mean what did. was it so it would have been like june right june or july it was what right was at the beginning of june. We, yeah. june okay uh, we mentioned off camera that it happened uh we recorded the night of Avaldi. um oh yeah mm-hmm. um which i'm trying to try, yeah maybe that, day after that, or something yeah. uh may 24 oh my god okay. yeah. yeah so it's been a long it's been almost five months yeah yeah it's been kind of nuts um but been. yeah but it, it's been an entire season since um how are you doing well so i'm great i'm great as far like as far as, far as like <laughs> up on the on the last leg of the campaign i'm really excited and it's um you know, this wasn't a spontaneous run for me and it wasn't, uh, you know, by, by any means a you know, an impulsive thing. I've been working on the seat since about 2018, maybe 2019, maybe a little yeah. earlier than that, arguably. Um, basically ever since I sat down and looked at the map with a friend, uh, so in 2018, like early 2018, we were looking at kind of ways we could help, um, a lot of first time candidates, um, kind of mount a better competition because we had a bunch of we had a bunch of contested races for the first time in a lot mm-hmm. of El Paso County uh, for many years. Most offices uh, have just gone to an uncontested Democrat or an uncontested yep. uh, Republican with no Democrat in the race at all. And I, yep. we just I think it's unacceptable. Um, it is not just because that's you know like the party I work with obviously, and I, I prefer those policies. But people should have a choice. If they don't have a choice, then the mm-hmm. people who get into power get. They get lazy. There's just no way. They get lazy. They get unresponsive. Yeah. Uh, they get yeah. complacent, right? And they start thinking like, well, that's just like our seat. And as long as one of us runs for it, right? Like the musical chairs game is kind of in play, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we're looking at the map and we're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, we've got like a guy running. He's, I think he's just going to be kind of like a, a placeholder. Maybe he'll try to do a little bit of something, something or other with the race, you know, make it worth our while. But um, we're just going to looking at the demographics in it and the layout of it. And I thought, oh, my God, like this isn't that deep red. This mm-hmm. isn't that deep red. Um, this is purplish. And also it's um, it's 2018 now. Uh, there's going to be one more election on the current map. And then it's there's going to be a census and it'll get redrawn. And we have mm-hmm. so much new population. It's probably going to shift around. And man, somebody somebody who loves the city and wants to make a positive difference should run for this seat. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Maybe, exactly. Maybe somebody with, a, I don't know, like sort of an unusual life experience that isn't well represented in government. Maybe someone mm-hmm. like that should do it. Um, huh. And oh, I was yeah. kind of like, is there someone hmm. like that? Like who yeah. isn't just me? Because I mean, I OK, I guess I'm doing it. Yeah. Sometimes you. Um. So I've talked to a number of people over the years, uh, or I guess years, months since even even we started this podcast. Oh yeah. One of them was uh, Natalie Johnson, um, who's uh, one of the city council people out of Manitou, and she's like, at a point, you just look around the room, and it's like, well, now it's my turn to step in, and you know do the things I need to do for this place mm-hmm. I live in because it matters to me this much. And so yeah. it's like, I, you just have to, to do it. And yeah. we've talked to, uh, in these past couple of weeks, we've talked to a number of candidates and, mm-hmm. uh, talked to, there's, there's been a 
spectrum of experience and know-how and this and that, but it seems like you've really, like, really bookwormed your way uh, into mm-hmm. this. And, well, I, and the one thing, the one thing to keep in, in mind, too, is even with the other candidates that we've spoken with, the, the, the theme that runs through everyone's stories is the understanding that if you want to see certain certain demographics represented, you're usually the one that has to uh-huh. do the representing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, well, I wanted to see more of this. And I guess that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am the solution yeah. I wanted to see in this. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. Well, and I, so I, I go out at, well, right now, right now, to be clear, but I go out on campus. That's my bread and butter. I got knocked mm-hmm. on the doors, talk to people where they are. Um, I'm a little old fashioned in that regard. Part of the reason I'm old fashioned like that is because that's actually what works. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started to get involved in the political process and wanted to like work on campaigns and election organizing and whatnot, um, I, I really took the attitude that like, all right, I'm brand new to this. There are probably some things we need to do differently in the long run, but for now there's a knowledge base um, and people with a lot of you know procedural experience and whatnot. And like, I need to learn from them first. I'm going to do that first before I start doing my own thing. Um, and, you know, after all these years with all the technology and everything that's out there, you can use, you know, social media ads and texting and, and whatnot. And I do. Um, but door to door canvassing is still about the best way we can go, you know, canvassing the neighborhood. So lately I have a broken foot. If you didn't hear the news, I broke my foot six weeks before ballots go out, yeah. uh, which has prevented me from doing my own door knocking, which still has me a little bitter. And I will probably carry that to my grave uh, <laughs> because when I ran in 2020, I was all excited to get out and knock doors in my neighborhood and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, do my organizer thing. But for my own happened. race. And then something happened about nine days after I, you know, declared my run for office. Uh, mm-hmm. We started shutting everything down for COVID. And so, um, you know, ever since then, I've been sort of excited about, oh, 2022 is going to be it, right? Like, it's going to be your own <laughs> district. I'm, I'm set up for success. Um, I've got uh, some, like, a volunteer and donor base that I'm carrying over and building on. Uh, and, you know, since it's going to be the winter, I'm so excited. I'm like 200, 300 doors a week at the, at the peak of it. And then I broke mm-hmm. my foot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> how, that's how it goes. Where was I going about with this? Because I, I feel like I got caught on the, I'm, I'm sad about my broken foot. And I am, but I have to <laughs> put that aside and, and get this get yes, this done. Power through. But no, I overwhelmingly, you know, going and, and talking to people um, on the doors where they are. Um, yeah, like most people are pretty, they're pretty fed up with politics. Um, they're pretty fed up with politicians. That's why so much of that, like, I'm not a politician works on people is, you know, because they feel disconnected and they feel like there's there's an elite and it's not mm-hmm. for them. Um, and f- something f- people will say frequently is that, like, you know, they like term limits, so they want us to have them. Often they actually don't know that we already have them throughout the state of Colorado mm-hmm. um, for all of our state and, and county offices. Or the city. Um, huh? And the city, and too. Most cities, yeah. Same. yeah. Well, I think actually I think probably I think pretty much all maybe not all of them. Ours does. Right. Yeah, ours Denver definitely does. does well. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the city, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll say like, we should just get rid of everybody, right? Just yeah. get rid of all of them, like, not all, all the politicians, get rid of yes. everybody. In yeah, it's like Shakespeare's Clean like kill sweet, all right? lawyers. Get yeah. us in all, yeah. Get us in yeah. all brand new people. I'm like, yeah, man, that's a really over. good idea. I have a really good idea. What are you going to run for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what, what's, what's your position? What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to run actually, for? They're kind of we... like, well, not me. I'm like, well, well, I mean, you could. 
We talked to David. You could. Yeah, there's nothing. We talked to David just recently, and he was like, he, it's like, what, at what point are you the candidate and what point are you a, a politician? And he's yep, at the stage was... where he's like, uh, I, I'm a politician now. I, I are, act yeah. and sound and I am a politician and that's just how yeah. it has to be. Yeah. Cause the, the question was, well, when do you, when do you stop being just a person who's running for a thing and start actively being you know, a politician. And I know that's a buzzword that people just go, Oh no, no, no. Okay. Here's the thing. You don't actually have to win anything to be a politician at this point. If you're running and you're, you're making political statements and talking about politics, it's probably fair to say that you're You're a politician. politician. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's just well, it's just it's just a particular role, right? It's mm-hmm. a particular role. It's a particular, um, you know, it comes with a certain skill set and and, um, yeah. you know, a, a certain it's activities. It's a job and title. It's a job title. I mean, also you, you could also say, and I'll, this will maybe is a little bit of a tangent. Maybe we didn't mean to go down this, but like we could also say <laughs> tangents well, what's, here what's on wrong? Finlow. I know, right? Right. What's wrong with like being a politician who is also a regular citizen who also has mm-hmm. other jobs and also has other roles? Because if we want, if we want it to become something that's better so that we don't despise it, um, mm-hmm. then that means new people have to reshape what it means to be a politician. Exactly. Otherwise it's just a cop out, right? It's just yep. a cop out to be like, oh, well, I don't do that because I don't get my hands dirty with it. Like, well, it's going to continue to exist with or without mm-hmm. you. So, you know, I what think, are we going to do? Like, you listen, think I'm, follow- a, I'm a baker, right? I'm a baker. Right. I, bake. I don't do it for money right now. I don't do it for pay. It's not, I've had, it's been my job before. Lately, it is not. Um, and lately I can't do it at all because I got to twist my foot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm a baker. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I also know people who uh, bake for a living, who own mm-hmm. a business, and they do it full time and then some. Um, I we're both bakers. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. and it's okay that like I don't think they're doing something wrong by making a job out of it. I think if mm-hmm. they did a bad job of it and they were a bad baker or they poisoned somebody with their yeah. bread, like then we can talk about how it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but there's nothing inherently wrong with the skill set, and I you know I really want us. I would really love to see us reclaim that. Uh, especially as millennials and Gen 100% and Gen Z because um, this this whole idea that like it's weird for millennials to be in elected office when we're pushing Mm -hmm. 40 most of us right now like why why would that be weird Um, that's we should be we should be leading the country you know you look at you look at again because some of the people that we have that we have talked to recently there are very few who are my generation who are Gen X and I'm, I'm afraid that, as usual, Gen X just gets forgotten in the whole thing because the ones, we, we actually hold very little power anywhere because, well, you know, we don't, we don't run for things. That's not, no, that's just, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Right. And so watching watching gen x and and you know the the elder millennials come up and really start making themselves seen in in this process is for me and i think for a lot of other people really exciting it's really exciting to see these regular people you know the ones that have regular jobs and you know whatever else getting out there and going okay well i can I can do this. I, this is something I know how to do. And I think 
I think the the idea of a politician is that idea is a boomer idea. That the suit and, and, and tie less, and, and less of a reality. And that's something that that's something that we really have to work at changing is, you know, yes, you you have a regular job. You have you you have to pay rent, you have to pay bills, you have to, you know, you you didn't just wake up and go, oh, I'm a politician now, and everything just stopped so that right. you could go and do that thing. Yeah. And it's Cause because state a, rep is like thirty three thousand a year or something like that or thirty five now. Yeah, it's a it's quite a bit more now. I mean, it's still it's not. I think for a lot of people who are coming from a professional career, it's not considered a, a full like a sustainable salary. Right, forty four k a year. Um, oh, it'll that's be more better. money than I've ever made in my life. Exactly. <laughs> I'm seriously. I'm coming at this from poverty. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is really unusual. And so in that regard, I, I always think it's interesting when people are like, oh, it should pay more because other, because right now we only have like only rich people can do it. And I was like, I don't know about that. Um, just like it's, if you have a professional career that pays you more than that, that's a true sustaining wage mm -hmm. in this, in this economy, um, you will need to work in the other part of the year, which means you're going to need to be able to separate that time. But that's, yeah. that's a whole other conversation. Right. Um, yeah, and there for... are those who would like to see us go on a, like a full-time legislature. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe. I, yeah. you know, maybe yeah, but I mean, not. over anything over 40 K for a lot of us is like, Oh, huge. that's, it's, it's some, that's, that's, I don't have to worry money. It's gotten it, a lot yeah. smaller over the years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But what you 50,000 yeah. used to seem like top shelf. And now it's like, man, if I was making 50,000, uh, yeah. That would that that could, would be life changing for, money. No, I could pay for health insurance. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's, that's, that's basically where I'm at. I can mm -hmm. do it. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's round one. This is not your first run at this district. Okay. And, this is not. And the question that I've asked and the question that Emily has taken over uh, is something that we have we've been asking all of the candidates, of course, because mm -hmm. I know you watch the show. I know you do. Um, <laughs> it's, are you cool? Are you going to run in two years? But it sounds like you've already been running in two years for a couple mm -hmm. and building up that equity. So what's that been like to be able to come back out? And I've still got signs from last time and, and to have that too. Sure. Well, I did have some signs from last time. They were not repurposable, repurpose, repurposable. I think you got sure. it. I couldn't yeah. reuse them uh, because the, uh, some people grammars. put them up. Some people put them up anyway, because they had them, which was really adorable to see. And I was like, Paul, oh, that's from 2020. <laughs> you guys, that's, the old one. that's cute. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, cause I redid my logo and, and some mm -hmm. of my brand, I think I'll keep it the way it is now, but so I will say this, I cannot imagine this run so far, I cannot imagine it, any world in which I <laughs> mounted this run successfully um, without me having uh, made my run in 2020. Mm -hmm. There's there's just no way. Um, there are so many things uh, that happen along the life of a campaign, things that you need to expect, um, resources that are good to take advantage of, things that are not worth your time. Uh, what's the best use of your energy and your, your effort, who to talk to. Um, if you don't, if you go in completely blind <clears throat> mm -hmm. and uh, completely empty handed to start, uh, you're at an immediate disadvantage if it's your first run. I didn't yep. have that problem. I did not uh, have that problem. Yeah. Um, and it made a huge, huge difference um, such that, you know, a number of other, and I, I, I feel a little bad. I haven't always had the time to, to keep in touch with everybody. 
Um, but most of like the first time candidates in this race, they had like a long phone conversation or mm-hmm. sit down uh, with me at least once. And we've been in touch off and on throughout the cycle with questions they have about like, what do you know about these people? And like, when does X happen? And mm-hmm. Do I need to worry about whatever? Um, because it was their first time and, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't my first time. And we do have to kind of build a bench like that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's important. I think that, um, you know, if you've, if you give, um, if you give it a run in, in, in any office, you know, make, make sure that you document what you did um, as thoroughly as you can and, and everybody you talk to and anything that you learned along the way, because um, that knowledge is transferable as well. So even if you don't run, yep. um, other right. people should, you should be able to help and mentor someone else, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, and I hope this is something that some of the other first timers are experiencing with, with their race. Uh, the way that I chose to frame mine is, well, first of all, I, I always, I always knew I was running more than once if I needed mm-hmm. to. Right. Right. Uh, like unless something really amazing happened in the old district, when I knew it was not quite in my favor just yet, um, that I, I was never just going to run that once and, and call it a day. That was never yep. the option. But even if it had been, I think there are a lot of good reasons for people to run for an office um, even if the numbers aren't in your favor, even if it, it looks pretty pretty clear that it's um, it's a shoe in for the other side, um, there's still very good reasons to run uh, in every race. And like I said, one of them is because people always deserve a choice, always, yep. always, always. If they don't have a choice, it's not an election; it's a coronation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. There's if there's no choice. What's the, seriously? I mm-hmm. mean, it it also it makes people start want start not wanting to vote. Yeah. Um, and we already have a, a huge problem with uh, voter discouragement where people just think like, well, if I open up my ballot and there's like a choice, a choice, a choice, and then everything else is just uncontested by one party. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to blame them to not to not pay attention to those offices, yep. to not show up in the next election, to not help other people who run, right? Mm-hmm. We need to build our momentum somewhere. Oh, yeah. I have um, a, a friend of mine, whenever they got their, uh, actually got their primary ballots, mm-hmm. opened it up and went, oh, well, yeah. Meh. Yeah, you yeah, know. And, that's, I mean, the, and I think, I think that's the primary is a slightly different. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, different. I, think so. I mean, if, they're, if they I were all so contested, that yes. that's exhausting for uh, a party, mm-hmm. um, a, a party's whole coalition. Yeah, especially because like in Colorado, for anyone listening outside of Colorado, it's not like just Democrats and just Republicans because unaffiliateds can play in a mm-hmm. primary. Um, and and the biggest uh, voting block in the state is unaffiliated. So yeah. um, when I talk about like Democrats, I'm talking about also unaffiliated who tend to vote, right? So yes, um, <laughs> there there are so, yeah. definitely you some slate fillers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's there's I guess there is an importance there of just being showing up with a name versus just mm-hmm. letting you know the mm-hmm. Republican and the Libertarian split the vote, however small that sure. split. Um, sure, it's just yeah. it's just show up. And, and, and care. And I, and I was going to yeah. wheel back here to um, the idea that, especially people our age, because we're pretty similar in age. Uh, I'm not the youngest one in here for the first time in like a couple episodes, but uh, <laughs> I think Al- Alvin's younger than me. But um, the hey, idea it's been that- It's nice to not be the very, very oldest person <laughs> in the, in the podcast occasionally. Right. Like, it's not all about you and your little babiness. I know, exactly. <laughs> but the idea that you, there's no point where it's like, is it okay if I run for office? Like, am I like for, if you're running for president, you just have to be 35 and a, and a, you know, a, a citizen of the United States. The idea of yep. running for president at 35 cents scary as hell. Uh, it's a, it's the same uh-huh. with like if you, when you get married at 18 or whatever that like that sounds terrifying <laughs> to me as well. 
just because you can technically legal yeah technically <laughs> legal but not advisable no right? yeah not yeah. advisable but obviously you've had that <laughs> that journey where it's like yeah i guess i can like i guess i don't have to be one of the you know suited old men in this town <laughs> to be able to to run and, yep. and get things done yeah. there's no there's like a calling that's happening yeah yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I, I hope what's <laughs> happening, I hope what's happening for the others. And, it, and it's what I always encourage people to a lot because um, a number of people will come to me first um, in this last year, which is really flattering. And also I'm busy. So I had to kind of like start to, <laughs> to um, be a little careful with my, my time and attention. But, um, you know, a number of people who are like, oh, I'm thinking about running for something. And overwhelmingly, they'd be like three separate people told me to reach out to you. So you must be mm-hmm. the one to talk to. Um and my biggest advice to everybody always is like, if you're going to run um, and it's in a race that you can't win, which is, you know, a, a number of things or the numbers mm-hmm. aren't there or whatever, or maybe you think you can't win at this time, but you, whatever, that's all, that's all. Okay. Just do, do something for like, do, do this for me, for yourself, for the community, uh, for everyone's sanity, including, especially yours, pick a couple of things that are worth doing that you can accomplish in the life of the campaign and just mm-hmm focus on those they'll be make them good positive things that are worth doing regardless of whether or not you can flip the district that can be growing the electorate registering new voters elevating an issue that otherwise nobody is talking about Mm -hmm. because when we have uncontested races that means some of us literally don't see our values on the ballot for for every office right Um, that was the one that really tipped me over the edge last time is that i was like i cannot i cannot sit here in hd 16 and fill out my ballot and not have a single person for my state rep mm-hmm. who believes in the science of climate change. Thank you. I, I can't, I can't have that. I can't have, I can't sit here and like watch uh, HD 16 get handed off to somebody when nobody who believes in workers' rights was even there to be counted. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not, it's not acceptable. So, you know, those are things worth doing. And in the meantime, like anything that you can accomplish is not a waste. It's not a waste to run a, a run for run an office that that's not uh, favorable to you, even if you can't mm-hmm. win. Um, and if you if you ele- if you elevate a cause, if you turn out new people, um, if you build up some community and some organizers and identify new leaders in the process of it, those are wins. So, like when I think back on my 2020 race, like what I set out to do, I won. I won mm-hmm. that effort. I did what mm-hmm. I wanted to do with it. Um, th- those were my goals, and I met them. So. I mean, hopefully everybody comes out the other side of this, this particular uh, batch of, um, you know, first time candidates on this slate feeling like, feeling like they did a good thing and they're satisfied with it. That would be, that would be my hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one, no one has actively said um, that this is one and done. Yeah. I'm going to leave. As soon as I lose, I'm out of here. Yeah. Ah. Everyone, everyone has, 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 they, they definitely have a plan for the after in case. Yeah. Which, I mean, begs the question, do you do this again? If things don't go the way that we assume that they will? Oh, for me? Oh, Mm -hmm. I I absolutely run again in 2024. Oh, there's no question. There's no question that I would run again in 2024. We just have to understand that Stephanie V. Hill will always be on the ballot until... (laughs) Until until she's Nancy Pelosi and just like I'm getting in that state house no matter what. Have you considered? <laughs> oh, totally. Have you considered like other over overlapping jurisdictions, Senate? Um, oh, 
Um, not not at the moment. Um, I'm I'm pretty no. I'm pretty I'm pretty uh I'm pretty intent on getting into the house, getting into the state house. Yeah. Um, and also, I just you know I've made this district my my project and mm-hmm. um, you know my my personal mission. And I don't. Uh, there are plenty. There are plenty of other people who can also step up and take a lead. And I'm not going to swerve. You know, swerve in and out of lanes in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, they are term limited seats, and the fact that they are term limited doesn't mean that we don't have um, like political careers that mm-hmm. people can embark on uh, and and actually last quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so there are uh, overlapping offices that I could look at eventually, and and but I'm not. I'm thinking about this one right now. So yeah. let her get let her get here first, Nick. Let's yeah. let's take the first step. Polit- we have to think in four dimensions, okay? That's why chess is in is in four dimensions. That's just that's why uh, I'm not good at chess. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I am a uh, you know couple a couple of two three steps ahead kind of kind of thinker mm-hmm. and. Um, Every so often, I'll, I catch a little. I catch a little bit of pushback for it um, from from people who I, I know they mean well. They're kind of like, "You really should focus on the thing right in front of you." I'm like, "I, I am, <laughs> to the extent possible." However, yeah. um, just I need a plan. The reason, also, <laughs> part of the reason why I'm in a good position now is because I thought ahead before getting mm-hmm. here. So I'm exactly. I'm, I'm comfortable with my with my approach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good, Absolutely. good, good. Uh, yeah, because we we want to see you in the places that uh, what is it the the room where it happens. Yeah, yes. we need Ex- we need voices specifically like yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, number one, being a woman. Yes. Which, you know, you're <clears throat> one of a few. But and also because you are a. Again, I hate to use the word, but you're you're just a regular kind of person. Just, mm-hmm. you know, you, you struggle to do to, to pay bills. You struggle to do this. You you know, which we is something that we all can understand. Yeah. And and that takes away the the you know, well, our politicians are so much better than us. Put them on this little pedestal. And or they I, put themselves up there. Well, yeah. Well, what's the uh, I mean, let's think about this. What's the job title that I'm mm-hmm. running for? Representative. Representative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think the uh, the experience, the experience, knowledge, skill set, etc., that you mm-hmm. that you bring to the position, especially when that's the title, it should be yeah. representative of the of the constituency you go to serve. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, um, I, and, I, I and love- it's possible. It's certainly possible for someone to be a little bit more cerebral about mm-hmm. it and not have the lived experience. But um, I think it's very telling when someone doesn't have the lived experience mm-hmm. and also does not do the the level of compassion that they have. Um, reflects that or lack thereof reflects yeah. that you know and those are um, those are actually two words that i absolutely love and that is lived experience <clears throat> um i am a huge proponent of lived experience anything mm-hmm. and knowing knowing that that's something that that you know that you believe in to the point that you it's on your website um is i mean it's the thing i have to offer and you know mm-hmm. and i never um I, I never really understood this uh, this thing people do. Well, maybe there's a place for it, but it just didn't make sense to me, and it, it what didn't feel like an ethical political practice for me. So I, I didn't go that that route. But like, you know, people will do this thing of trying to um, spin whatever it is they do, like it's something that it isn't, and mm-hmm. try to you know. And um, I, I just never felt authentic to me, and I'm a terrible liar, so I can't keep <laughs> up. With false. Seriously, I'm not a good actor. I can't keep up a false mm-hmm. persona for long. It's exhausting. 
It um, is. And this work is already very tiring. It's already a lot. It's a big lift. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe maybe part of the reason, um, and this is like 100% just me hypothesizing without uh, an anthropological <laughs> degree or anything. Um, you know, maybe Speculation part of the reason corner. Why we think these, uh, yeah, <sighs> why we think that these politicians lie so much and whatnot is that most of them are high-functioning dissociatives, right? Mm -hmm. These are... These are people whose heart is, is not really in what they're doing. They know that the thing that they're like a lot of the policies that they're passing and whatnot, like, like there's no way that Greg Abbott doesn't know what he's lying about when he lies about what's going on in Texas. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way that he really um, that he really thinks that uh, his the, the energy grid of Texas is so great under his uh, um, under his leadership yeah. and the rest of the country is just jealous. Right. Knowing what happened. Mm -hmm. Like. Right. So I know that people in that position know that that's what they're doing. Um, but in order to keep up that um, that ruse, in order to keep that up, like you you have to max out a lot of your bandwidth trying to keep your own lie alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No wonder they can't get anything else done. No wonder they don't have uh, time and attention span left to be compassionate, to be available, to be responsive to people. Um, you'd have to show up with your whole self, and that's actually the most exhausting thing of all. Oh yeah. Um, unless you make it your greatest tool, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what I decided to do. Just and, and like being. This, being your authentic, your mm -hmm. authentic, real, when, when Stephanie shows up a place you're talking to and you're meeting Stephanie. It's the real me. I don't and have a different is, one. Is, <laughs> yep. So it's, and, and that's, that's also been so refreshing with, especially this current crop of, of you guys that are running for things is, you know, for the most part, I have a pretty decent bullshit detector mostly because I'm really good at the bullshits. <laughs> um, and and meeting meeting you guys, meeting you especially, that's <clears throat> what you see is what you get. This is yeah. This is who you are and you're doing this because it's something that's important to you. You're not doing it for a bigger paycheck and you're not doing it, you know, so that other people know your name or whatever kind of you know, yeah. this, this whole malarkey. Well, no, sir. No, hey, sir. I like, I like, uh, I, like <laughs> I mean, I don't like malarkey. I like to use the word. Yes. That's a Bidenism um, right there. I, it <laughs> is. I love, I love that. Like, instead of basically, instead of saying that can we swear on this podcast? Yes. Um, okay. Instead yeah. of saying that instead of saying bullshit, he's got like a, like a G rated mm -hmm. swear. But he hot yeah. mics. Sort of he's, he's got it right there in his coat pocket. Cause you catch him on a hot mic and he's like, that's bullshit. Oh you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, no, yeah. It's, well, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's Joseph BFD Biden, you know? It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Diamond Joe. Uh, from the onion. So we're, we're, we've, this episode's still out uh, a week or so before the election. Um, and it's coming down to it. Uh, so how yeah. are you feeling about the after? This is like the, the runway, like you're steering it. And you see those scary videos where it's like you got the pilot and the wind's like really doing this and that and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And your co competitors, his <laughs> signs are popping up and they're big and they're kind of popping up all over the district. Now your strategy is the ground game. It's the canvas stuff like that. But you can't also say like, wow. He's finally yeah. showing up. I'm sorry. Just because I mean, the signs are big means absolutely nothing. Let's be honest here. That's, well, that's, some, uh, yeah. that's some overcompensation at this point. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it, it might be helping him. Um, I do know that uh, by, by his own word, by th things he has said to the press, um, 
he knows that it's very competitive and he's outed himself as not being particularly enthusiastic about the office on a number of occasions Mm -hmm. um, that he is running for it because the what the the would-be republican incumbent got drawn into a new district and so somebody asked him to take the position and Mm -hmm. and he couldn't say no um Whereas I, you know, I think I've, I've demonstrated pretty clearly to any and everyone who can can see what I do, um, that I'm in it to serve, that I really want the seat, that I have moved anything in my life that needed to be moved to make sure I could just do this, um, that I, I've gone out of my way to educate myself on the process. I've done a lot of bill tracking. I go up and testify on bills. I'm making connections with people I need in the caucus uh, so that I'm, I'm ready to get into like the committees I want to be in and have bills drafted where I for what I want to do. Um, I'm very prepared for the office. I can hit the floor running day one. I'm not worried Yay. about that at all. Um, and, and as well, just for, for people who are not in the know, and I, I think it's interesting because Emily, you said something about um, – you know, not a lot of women in elected office. And Mm -hmm. that is true nationally, but I, I, this is something I think it would be um, the big takeaway here for people. Um, The Colorado state house is, is actually, I think the whole, I think the whole chamber is um, majority women, certainly the democratic majority, which is uh, substantial. Currently it's 41 seats. I think it might get a little smaller in this next, uh, next round of 41, 24 split. Um, It's a strong majority women. Yeah. Um, and we're actually pushing a point where like um, it will be um, a majority um, women of color <laughs> in the yeah. future. And uh, so of, I, I love I love that. Um, I, I think my more to my point was just within, you know, El Paso County, Colorado oh, sure. Springs mm-hmm. itself. We still have we still have a very definite kind of boys club thing sure. going on. Oh, yeah. And it's not that I don't love some of the guys that are running. I do. I I just adore them. But also, oh, my God, can we stop with the penises for a little while? You know, you're the first woman, I think. I think. Maybe the only woman can't. I think uh, so. I will uh, Regina and I, because Regina English is is, is poised yeah. to win in HB seventeen as well. Um, she and I will be the first two Democratic women elected out of El Paso County in Yay! some time. Yeah. Um, so there there have been um, a couple of other uh, women who are Republicans who have gotten mm-hmm. um, elected on the, which is unfortunate. I hate for like our our only uh, women yes. legislators from El Paso County to be to be um, you know so deeply conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think that's a little bit more about class than anything else. You tend to need to have some money and connections and whatnot to it makes it easier especially if you're part of the uh the political establishment yep yes um and on our board of county commissioners we also have um it's three out of five women however all three of those women are married to um high-ranking high-powered republican men yes right and that yeah that's you know that's city council too that has a lot to do city council is a little bit like that as well but yeah um, quite a lot less so quite a lot less so because our um with the exception of um, one person who's there as an appointee, um, the two women who currently sit um, like permanently on uh, permanently, like like they're yeah. they're not there on a temporary basis. Yeah. Um, elected to council are are Democratic women. Yes. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it gets. And we won't talk about the one that was appointed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> other thing. We can do a whole episode <laughs> about know, that. I, I have to say, I don't. I don't know her personally. Um, she she seems like a decent enough person. It doesn't look like she's going to run for the seat either when it when it comes up for a proper election. Well, that's because um, she won't win in this area. But it's, it's sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a uh, there's a conservative establishment there, uh, including my opponent, who is uh, who's part of that council right now, mm-hmm. who um, just saw that as an opportunity to get themselves a 
a conservative supermajority that they could do whatever they wanted with. And, I know, which uh, was gross. Took it, they certainly took it and, and ran with it. And I think that's really unfortunate, uh, especially uh, so by the time this goes out, um, it will have been um, probably uh, old <laughs> news. But there was a feature story in the Gazette about my race um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that would have been Saturday the 15th. So like eight days, um, nine days out, something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> and and you know they they quoted him as saying that he you know he believes he believes he's like the true moderate in the race and he's going to reach out to unaffiliateds about things that matter most to them and blah. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, that sounds really good and and anybody who's actually doing that, I think that's a fair position to take. But then when you look at his record on council, mm-hmm. every hill he has chosen to take a stand on has been some culture war, hyper partisan wedge issue, yes. right? Uh, right like the moderates don't like rec weed they just don't (laughs) they don't oh i hear okay i'm like i'm sorry i'm confused um yeah don't confuse me yeah and this will probably be a little bit more public by the time this comes out as well but i i did go confront council about this you know for for everyone's reference the uh the marijuana issue has been mm-hmm. um, a big problem in Colorado Springs because yes. it's legal throughout the state. We just can't have rec sales in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since it's so nearby, um, any potential um, any potential risks, downsides or whatever, nothing's harmless. Of course, there are risks involved. Yes. Um, we're already living with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's already right here. here. We all agree that it's here. Um, we all agree that if it were going to have some impact on basing decisions by the military, which the DOD has already come out and said, like, that's not actually a big factor, if it is mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, they would already be counting that against us if it were a ding, because it's right there. Yeah. Um, uh, it, there's no more or less use with it just outside of town than being right in town. We're just trying to return, like, get our money back, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. our, we're trying to get money, period. Colorado Springs residents, yeah, uh, going and spending money the next town over and bringing yeah. their products home. And then we don't get to have the revenue from it. Um, and it's just hard on businesses who who work in that industry as well. Yeah. So anyway, I'm yeah, all for it. Well, most that's, people are for it. That, well, that was um, that was that was the mayor's thing. Big, uh, yeah, that yeah. was that was, was the mayor's point. It. Is we're going to scare away the military. That's all of our mil- economy, which yeah. is true. Uh, sadly, and that's something we talked well, with and, Rob about. And you know, and that's <clears throat> and that's maybe something for us to be thinking about as a city. Like, how long do we want to carry on with our uh, the biggest driver of our economy just being um, the biggest fe- federal government program that's ever existed. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I, you know, I mean, that, was done, um, that was done Knight's point a couple years ago. I talked to him about, you know, rec weed yeah. and it's like, oh, no, we'd scare away this huge freaking economy. The military, the soldiers can't have a weed. And I'm sorry, the fact the fact that that it's it's, you know, prescription only here in the Springs is ridiculous. Do you know? I'm sorry. Do you know how easy it is for people to go out and get a red card? Well, it's gotten so harder. That they can just go by. It's gotten well, harder since since the, the, then the you stuck don't in know it. the right people. I'm sure. Yeah, it, it used to <laughs> be. Also, uh, I mean, <laughs> and also, like, if you you know you you shouldn't. Um, so I think I, I'm of the school of thought there are recreational purposes and there are medical purposes, mm-hmm. and both are valid. Both yeah. are valid, and both should be legal for different yep. reasons. Um, the, as far as like the recreational use, I think it's a perfectly fair argument. It's like arguably less dangerous than alcohol and alcohol. Yeah. We're not talking about yes. prohibiting alcohol again. And I'm glad we're not because we, or we don't have to wonder what happens when you prohibit alcohol. We did that. In this yeah. Country. We it saw that. Yeah. It was, was a disaster. It was a yep. disaster. It turned ordinary people into petty criminals and it turned mm-hmm. petty criminals into crime bosses. Yep. Um, it led to, uh, toxic alcohol that killed <clears> people. Um, it led to an unregulated alcohol market. It, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no point. 
Um, and, and why? Because with the, the government should be telling you what you can do with your own body. I just, I'm just against it. We I'm actually, against we actually, uh, we, we actually uh, brought this up on, on David's uh, discussion is like, they don't want the government to be involved unless it's the, you using the government to enact their very specific set of values and beliefs on everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, I think when somebody um, betrays that level of hypocrisy often enough, we at some point we need to recognize that it's not hypocrisy. They're just lying to you, right? Mm-hmm. Guard variety hypocrisy is like, I can probably think of some things where like I more or less have this position on a certain issue. I betray it in this little regard, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, maybe I say like, people should always recycle, but I don't always recycle myself. That's yeah. garden level variety you know, garden, garden, garden variety uh-huh. level of hypocrisy. Um, but it. like when someone continuously says like, I value X, but all of their behavior shows that they don't, um, mm-hmm. that's not hypocrisy anymore. They're just scamming you. That's yeah. propaganda. Um, yeah, and that exactly. whole small government thing is exactly <clears throat> that. That's exactly mm-hmm. that. Well, and we're running um, into that problem here in Colorado Springs because we want to be this big city. We want to have all these services. We want to have all of this luxury. We want to have the, the Denver nightlife. We want to have this. We want to have that. Also, we don't want to pay for it uh, at all. And it's that's pretty ridiculous. You can't have a city yeah. and not pay for it. Taxes are your subscription ser- fee service for mm-hmm. what you have. And, yeah, exactly. And you bring up a good point um, about needing to diversify the economy away from the military. Because eventually, someone's going to get their head on straight that we're putting hundreds of billions dollars more into the military industrial complex than we need to be. And who's going to be the first, like we're, we're going to be the next Detroit or, you know, right. Akron or Cleveland or, or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. or Gary we have or something. To we diversify have to... our portfolio. Right. And we can't just be military and space tech and DOD and clearance level stuff. We need something else. Stephanie, yeah. what could you do for us? How can you help us? Oh, help I'm, us, Stephanie, so, help us. I'm so glad you brought that because I have, okay, so I have some thoughts that are not specific to my office, but I'll just put them out there. And then I do have one that is specific to my office, um, my office, the one I'm running for, um, <laughs> that I expect to take. Um, I, I'm really, my, my head is very much wrapped around like, how am I going to do a good job at, at this mm-hmm. role because I expect to win and I don't want to waste any time yeah. for it. So, um, so yeah, no, it does need to diversify, right? We need, um, we need our, uh, parks and recreation and hospitality industry to, to be more uh, vibrant and diverse mm-hmm. and have more options. Um, we could stand to do, um, and this just goes for like housing and transportation generally, but do more, um, a little bit of gentle infill, thoughtful, gentle infill, safe infill missing middle. Um, that allows for, yep, that, that gets us more missing middle housing and also allows mm-hmm. for a little bit of flex and mixed use. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. if you don't have uh, shops that people can walk to, then they won't stay in their neighborhood. They will always drive a car. Um, and it's just, it means that we end up using, using a lot more of our money for things that don't actually serve our well being. Yep. Um, and people tend to want to spend their money on things that, that serve their well being. So if they can have more neighborhood shops, um, that they can get to on foot and that support their neighbors and, and their businesses, um, then they'll, they'll want to do that more. Something that I can do at a state level. Um, and I, I have to be a hundred percent honest. It's not something that I like have a bill for that I'm going to run right now and, and whatever, but. Um, we have the capacity uh, in the state of Colorado, especially because we have a good, strong economy right now, um, to permit some public banking. <clears throat> um, and that could look like um, having uh, having a state a state bank of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would also look like allowing political subdivisions like cities, school districts even um, to form a public bank. 
Um, and the beauty of public banking, and I know that the term like freaks out some people who are like really not into a lot of public services and they love capitalism and they think that mm -hmm. the pursuit of profits <clears throat> is the ultimate good in life. Mm -mm. And so you can't interfere with what banks do because they're part of the free market. Yeah. Um, it actually stabilizes all of that pretty effectively. Um, and before we go saying like, <laughs> this is some sort of like radical, like California coastal thing, um, the, uh, the public bank of North Dakota is our longest lasting, uh, public mm -hmm. bank in the country. Um, those are not like liberal Democrats who, who started yeah. that or who run it, um, not at all. but it provides a level of economic stability for communities, for cities, for, uh, counties, um, and for their local economy that you just can't get from private for-profit banking because mm -hmm. private for-profit banking cares about their return on investment, not yours. Mm -hmm. And exactly. if it's a public one, then the purpose is for the purpose is for whatever you do to be good for the public. And so mm -hmm. small businesses can, can take low interest or zero interest loans out of that. Uh, people can refinance so that they can um, take care of their own space better that way. Uh, you can access capital for local projects that the people want without having to go to another bank for it. Anyway, there's a whole there's a whole variety of things <laughs> that are possible with that. That I think um, if we actually sat down and had like um, a, you know set aside our our ideological impulses to be like against public things or against capitalism or whatever, um, and just look at like what actually makes uh, the economy that we live in right now more functional for more people in a more sustainable way to kind of break up that boom and bust cycle. Mm -hmm. And we could do so much more good for ourselves as a city oh, agreed. if we had that level of flexibility. Mm -hmm. because if people were able to get, if people were able to build up small businesses, nonprofits here in our homes and to be able to do it effectively yeah. with low barriers to entry. I mean, that, that was the dream of the fifties and the sixties was yeah. you don't have, not only was cost of living much lower, but the, the, area of opportunities was much more accessible mm -hmm. I mean, particularly if you were yeah. a white dude like me but um right. if well, you know. could build it out of your garage like that's a lot of the tech companies have that fabled mm -hmm. built out of a garage but people were literally building businesses out of the garage <laughs> yes. and if you well allow i know that, it's, you it's not hard to build a business out of your garage if your mom gives you a big lump sum of cash right or you well, don't yeah, exactly right and and that's and that's the thing or if you own the house or whatever and that's but that that um, that means that there has to be an existing base of capital that's there for you. That you mm -hmm. can access easily. And I think that's, you know, maybe for, especially for, I have noticed <laughs> the people who love capitalism the most, um, don't seem to fully understand how it works and why no. it is that some people have more capital to work what? with than others. It's not because what? necessarily that they have a bunch of liquid funds on hand that they, you know, very, you know, very wisely and, and scrupulously mm -hmm. like, uh, squirreled away for decades. Um, it's because if you already have capital, you're just allowed to have more. <laughs> yeah, and it's so easier, you can go to a bank that and get it. Passive income thing. Um, yeah, it's passive income, and it's also you know it's it's access to new streams of revenue. And you know there was a there was a state house candidate for not for my office, but for um, another one a few years ago, and she said something so fascinating to me that I was like, wow, like I really hope people know that she's wrong about this. Um, where she was saying that, uh, you know, yeah, the government should have to have a balanced budget and blah, 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 blah. By the way, not knowing that in the state of Colorado, we have to have a balanced budget. Yes. It is mandated. Yeah. Constitu the Constitution of Colorado mandates a balanced budget. We balance <laughs> yeah. our Springs as well. We don't run on a deficit. It doesn't matter who runs the legislature. It doesn't matter that it's mm -hmm. a Democrat. We still have a balanced budget. Sorry. Um, 
sorry, she was not talking sorry. about, you know, you shouldn't be able to like go into debt and whatever else. She was like, listen, like I'm, I'm a small business owner. If I run out of money, like I know I'm just out of luck, right? Like I can't afford you. And I was like, you own a business and you think that if you don't have money to expand your business, like cash on hand to expand your business, you're out of luck. How, how are you competing in this market? Because anybody who runs a business knows you go get a loan if you don't have enough to work with. That's the smart right. thing to do. I mean, make get a smart loan um, and and make sure you know what you're doing with it. But this whole idea that like it doesn't, you can't at, go get. I mean, you look for, at the biggest like, companies. How do you think? How do you think big companies operate? All right, yeah. they have big def- debt facilities, like, and they Huge. don't need. They don't even need the debt part. They just. It's just a a tool that they have when you are so large mm-hmm. to be able to shift yeah. money around. I mean, yeah. it's the yep. whole the the double Dutch loophole out in Europe and stuff like that. They've been yeah. trying to close. Um, yeah, the Dutch Irish debt is thing. older than money. Yeah, debt is older than money. Money was created to address the problem of debt. Yeah, <laughs> right. Literally, it, it's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, but to be able to anyway. have that to have that kind of ownership locally um, is a big yeah. deal. Now, one thing we didn't talk about too much with David was multimodal. You have some mm-hmm. kind of passion around getting some freaking rail. <laughs> from here yeah. to there so that you can yeah. just, and I'm I'm in the market like this year I will get my bicycle. Okay. I will get I will get a bicycle so that I can like finally ride to work and get my exercise and do that. You have some thoughts on that and that's especially yeah. important here in Colorado Springs. Yeah, see Nick yeah. Nick gets to talk about his his pet project. I I monopolized David with mine. <laughs> okay. So this is, you know, Nick's yes. like, I'm going to I'm going to say this before Emily gets a chance to say anything, because I want to talk about this. Nobody's yeah. talking about it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so we do have um, I mean, the. The, the process <laughs> is there. the process is there. It's before us. Right. So there is currently um, a, a special district along the front range where the rail mm-hmm. would be. Right. Um, and that special district has been established to start building up a little bit of funding. The first wave of funding is um, is not to build anything, and it, it'll be almost definitely be installed on existing rail. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that first wave of funding is not uh, like to put to put cars on the on the rail and run it. Right. That first wave of funding is to do things that are federally required of us in order to even consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to access more federal dollars to get the rest of it paid, right? So there has to be like an environmental impact study, for instance, and yep. like feasibility and all that sort of thing. Um, and thankfully, there are some other um, some other pieces that have been put in place that we're going to need um, and that still require some action, some implementation. So there might be some bills that I end up running um, to make sure that uh, we are covering all of our bases because... Before we can get, um, before we can meet our carbon, our carbon reduction goals, a big part of our carbon reduction goals is in construction and yeah. transportation policy and all that sort of thing. Not so, not just in what we burn for fuel, but also in what we build to sustain it. Right, uh-huh. and that goes for housing and, and commercial development as well. So, um, and some of the, you know, much more knowledgeable and like specialized. Uh, um, professionals that I've spoken with, uh, including like architects, by the way, they're like, no, we, we want this to be a thing. We, mm-hmm. we want us, we want to be measuring uh, carbon emissions, starting with the building materials themselves, not just with how the building operates once it's, right. once it's been. Yeah. Right. Cause that's um, where a lot of the sink, that's where a lot of emissions come from as well. Where a lot just of emissions the grading come from. things. 
Mm -hmm. So there's already been like there's already been some statute established that um, requires us to measure environmental impact more holistically like that, not just in what it emits when something is built. Um, and so thankfully, with that in place, that helps us correctly assess the situation mm -hmm. so that we're not just going like, oh, if we build X number of train cars and start running them, here's how many tons of carbon it'll add until yeah. it's all electric or whatever. Right. Because we also have to account for how many cars it's taking off the road. And we also have to account for um, how how much uh, does it reduce the demand for new uh, new roads and new lanes and new bridges and new 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 infrastructure for more and more cars. Right. Because if you're accommodating mm -hmm. fewer cars and you're getting people on a more efficient system of transportation, um, then then we can do we can include that in the balance sheet. And it's important that that's part of the process. And it is. So we're like the the pieces are in motion. They're there. Yep. Um, my part of my big lift is going to be that as a representative out of Colorado Springs, that we are developing this rail in such a way that this city and El Paso County are um, incentivized, plugged in and connected with the process so that we have a regional transportation system that actually connects you well to it. Uh, yeah. Because if it doesn't connect everybody along the front range, it, it's just it's, it's just another it's just another rail. Right. Yeah. It's just, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, we need we need people to to use it and to want to use it. Yeah. Um, and that's that'll be that'll be the big lift over the next. I mean, I, I feel like we're really behind already mm -hmm. as it is. So I hate oh, we are. Like, but that's oh, like God. the best lift for the next you know five, 10 years. I, yeah. I think I well, mentioned so. it on some previous episode. But when I was um, about to go to the Art Institute up in Denver, when rest in hell, stupid Art Institute. Um, <laughs> oh, too much. Yeah. Um, I was planning this and this was Governor Owens back then. This is 2001, 2002. We were talking about front range rail back then. And yep. it's it's been two decades and we've just sat on it. And I wonder if even if we had gotten ahead of that back then, would we have even needed the gap expansion on the interstate? Like we could have spent those federal dollars on rail instead of this controversial HOV lane, which I understand. I under I understand the point of the HOV. It's to reduce, you know, induce demand not induce as much demand for the interstate, but by gosh, if you just put some rail on there and I assume it's not even going to be like high speed, crazy rail. talk, Nick, crazy I talk. I know communism. It's not even gonna be like high speed, you know, um, Shinkansen, uh, bullet train stuff. It's just, it's going <laughs> to be rail. Um, that's better than nothing to, to be able to like hop on because, uh, Emily and I have talked about going to Denver and doing Mal Wolf and all that fun yep. stuff, but it's even Google says take Bustang, which on the weekends runs at four thirty and five in the morning, mm -hmm. and then not again until you're coming home. And it says get off of the bus at uh, Sky Ridge or whatever, just outside of like Parker, yeah. and then yeah. take light rail the rest of the way up. Mm -hmm. And that's absurd. Uh, it is absurd. If you could just take a train. <laughs> Any time of day to Denver. How mm -hmm. easy would that, how fun would that be? And then you just get yeah. RTD up there and we have nothing like that. And, and that goes back yeah, to the, no. to the, the, the mindset of we want to, we just want this to be a small town. We don't want it to go big. And blah, blah, but I mean, blah. It, it is. It's, the thing. it's a little and too it's, late. It is. It's, it's not a, yeah, it's not a small, it's not a small town anymore. It's the, that ship has sailed. And I, I, I think maybe what, um, what I, I hope people can wrap their minds around. I know this is hard, but like if you're going to have a, a mid to large, large size city, however we want to classify it, large, um, your best bet to maintaining some, some sense of small town familiarity is to have more, um, 
more thoroughly developed neighborhoods mm-hmm. because yeah. then your neighborhood is your your little village and, and you can have that um yeah right. exactly and and you kind of can't have that without treating the whole works as a real city that, mm-hmm. that is worthy of neighborhood development um i don't mean development like everybody come in and build a new i, I mean for it to be to be well-rounded for it to be, well, it be, uh, yeah, have your neighborhood to be a cell like you shouldn't have like here's a thing and then here's another thing and you have to go between the two things it should be every every cell every neighborhood should should be self-sufficient that's probably what we're seeing in like the southeast and that is that you have to drive everywhere you don't have your nearest hospital is memorial uh stuff like that and and unfortunately out of the mayoral candidates that are coming about i'm not seeing anything around let's redevelop neighborhoods around them being neighborhoods where you can walk down to the corner store uh, and get stuff they they're they're looking at at Colorado Springs as a you know technological kind of hub and in in their twisted kind of thinking that means you know you have to you have to have a car and you have to you know you have to drive the city to do things you know being downtown my closest grocery stores that are not Walmarts because I don't do Walmarts is the King Supers up on Uinta and 19th Street. We got yeah. Safeway. Mm. Well, now they're about to be one and the same, aren't they? Uh, don't remember. I cannot <laughs> afford to shop at Safeway. Yeah, but <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> but having having one of, one of the things that I'm that I'm I'm very passionate about is is food deserts and bringing in grocery stores, even if it's well, I want mom and pop grocery stores. You not, have one. It's bread and butter. Do not make me say mean things no, about I, this I, store on this channel, sir. <laughs> well, and I think two things can be true at the same time, right? We, it we can be dialectic. I love, I love what they're doing. It's fantastic that they that they have a, an independent business because I know exa- I think I know what mm-hmm. you're going at, going at here. <clears throat> it's great that they're there. They fill a certain need, but like an ordinary person can't get their ordinary groceries there. It's not. No, no. It's not, it's, yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. It's not their fault that it's like that. I mean, I know why it's like that. It's because it's economy um, of scale. they, yeah, it's economy of scale. Mm-hmm. And it's also that the, um, um, the bigger companies uh, have engaged in a fair amount of regulatory capture. They, they get yep. the rules they want that work for them. Yep. Um, and they get themselves a lot of like tax breaks for what they do. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and know, I understand an army of lawyers to protect their privilege. Yep. And I understand so that if it's, you want to run simply... like a like a, a you know small smaller mm-hmm. scale neighborhood friendly place, like how are you supposed to compete with that? That's not a free market. That's yep. a captured market. Yeah. Well, see, I discovered something in, oh. in my my research years. It's been a few years since since I really did a deep dive into this. But actually, you can you can do something that's very very affordable um, if you do a zero waste market. Mm. Because it's all bulk products, and it greatly reduces cost for for having the food and going and getting the food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, let me let me back up a little bit. <laughs> it is it is imperative that we bring in affordable. And that's that's the key, really, is is the affordable 
things that, that neighborhoods need to run. That right. it, again, that is not Walmart's. Mm-hmm. Um, Walmart does not do good things for neighborhoods. No, it, it's not, you know, we mm-hmm. don't need a Walmart in every, you know, we don't need one downtown and we don't need, need one in, you know, Briargate or what we don't need those in our neighborhoods. We need, we need small concentrated businesses. Mm-hmm. We need corner that, stores. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. we need those throughout I mean, suburbs know, too. Well, I, and that's, and that's the thing is, is, you know, with our, with our suburban sprawl. Yeah. Um, I know that there's parts of town where you can drive miles and miles and miles and miles and good luck finding a gas station. Right. And so, which makes no sense to me if, if we're, if we're so car dependent, why do we not have places to feed the car? You know, it, it it makes no sense to me, honestly. Uh, Yeah. And well, it keeps the cost of gas high. Well, that too, that too. It's, um, the no, Joe thing. Biden does that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I know. God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, he must be a pretty powerful man if he's driving up the cost of gas in the European Union as well. I, mean, I know. Really, we have that kind oh, of sway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've noticed. Well, what, so, yeah. What I mean, are we are we <laughs> I want to make sure that we aren't like going over your time or anything. But like, do we have like a couple of last topics we want to cover? Or yeah. um, I was going to say, because I know that there's things that you wanted to make sure that you touched on. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to just kind of get those out there at this point um, and Nick and I can shut up and let you say the things yeah, and not I go mean, off I, on, on our typical tangents. Poke and prod. No, it's yeah. great. I, I've done that too. And I, I think that's a little bit the format of the show. And well, I and we get to talk uh, about the town. Sometimes people. we don't get to just talk about the town. Yeah. And, and we should yeah. talk about the town. Anyway, so, yeah. we will we will concede well, the floor to you and and make sure that you get the get your important things out there and we will sure. shut up and I will actually be off camera for a second. Oh, Nick knows yeah, why. Yeah. It's, it's a whole up. thing. That's you don't want to know why. Oh, okay. Shush <laughs> your face, Nick. Stephanie, what you got? <laughs> well, so <laughs> so I mean, I I actually I had this uh, event the other night for my campaign and I I planned a whole. Um, I had a whole speech where I, I talked quite a bit about my just my love for Colorado Springs and, and my connectedness connectedness to the city, uh, and I actually ended up not being able to quite give all of it because I was like I'm going to cry like it's a it's a bit much oh. for me, um, and I also was just feeling a little keyed up because my good friend Yolanda Avila who sits on city council and was um, partly my my introduction to political action uh, was was uh, volunteering for her on, on her uh, city council campaign in 2017. Um, she she introduced me and was just just you know talked me up about you know how uh, how energetic and hardworking I was coming onto her campaign and helping her with her win and um, and I was like I can't do all of it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna choke up and um, but you know the city like holds such a special place for me because I I wasn't born here um, I'm from Southeast Michigan initially uh, and I came here in 1999 as a teenager with the family because um, I had to. Yeah, <laughs> they make you. They make yeah, you. Yeah, that's how the there. families go. Yeah, and I and I stayed here until uh, maybe about my mid twenties, and then I felt like, well, this isn't really my city. This isn't really my hometown. I didn't choose to be here. I'm still a little sore about my life being upended, even though I don't want to go back to Michigan. That wasn't on the table. That's so I'm going to go live in Chicago. I had another sibling living there at the time, and 
I thought that'll like get me to the big city. And I just never really thrived there. It really like set off a lot of my um, mental health trouble that I was having and worsened it. And so like coming home to Colorado Springs in 2015, um, there were a number of things that came together for me just in time. Right. And I've talked about that. They're like family helped me out. Um, I had uh, applied for disability insurance mm-hmm. and I actually worked on the first appeal, which is wild. Um, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And I kind of had abil- these, some ability to like find some peace, find some security, start feeling safe um, and start kind of unpacking whatever I was going through that was causing my, my troubles. Um, but I really don't think there's anywhere else in the world that I could have done that. I, I don't know what it is about this city. Um, I, I think there's a connectedness to the earth that I feel here because of the geography and, and it's a great um, geography the air and the, yeah. Um, and just yeah. the, the climate here. Um, For those did of a us lot, that love it, it is, we love it because it gave us the ability to, to thrive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to shut up again. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're so right though. And I, and I think like sort of digging into our roots as a city um, and, and appreciating what, um, you know, what the legacy of Colorado Springs is year after yeah. year. Um, General Palmer founded this to be a healthy place, <laughs> right? He found it to be specifically to have like healthy air and a tranquil mm-hmm. environment um, for people who were living with, um, you know, terminal illness, like tuberculosis yeah. in particular. Yeah. Um, and that's been a common theme over the, yeah, exactly. And it's been a common theme over the years that people yeah. come to Colorado for freedoms that they can't get elsewhere, medical care that they can't get elsewhere, mm-hmm. safety that they can't get elsewhere. Um, and so we've actually been a destination state like that for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's only amplified over the years, right? With like legal, uh, legal cannabis, um, the fact that we're now like an abortion rights sanctuary in a, in yes. a sea of um, in a sea of red, um, and I, I think it's just going to keep being that way. And one of the ways that we are, um, I think, failing to live up to that legacy is in continuing to have a city that is tranquil, tranquil, peaceful, healthy, has clean air and water, um, and is like a safe and a safe and a peaceful place to be. Yep. Um, and if we don't have that. Um, then we aren't living up to our potential as a city. And I don't 100%. think we're honoring our roots, yeah. um, especially because our truest roots is that this is the ancestral homelands of Ute, Arapaho and Cheyenne people. Euro-Americans are new here. We, we yeah. do, th- those of us on this call, we are new here. Um, and in all the time <laughs> that we've been here, it's been, we've been in a constant state of flux. Um, the city has changed. Nobody, no, no generation of Springsters uh, gets to say that like, they're the last ones who are deserved to come here. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. Um, and if we kind of think back on like what, what the deeper roots are of the people who have called this land home in the past, um, it's also historically been a choice meeting place. And we can see why, right? Um, <laughs> right. At the foot of Tava, Mountain of the Sun, beautiful the Garden air, of the Gods. <clears throat> um, Garden of the Gods, gorgeous views. Um, it, it, why, why are we not as a city um, and this is just be my challenge to people who are a little on the fence about me um, or, you know, maybe by the time you hear this, uh, it, you, you are uh, unhappy about the outcome of the election one way or another. Um, why are we as a city not uh, emphasizing on our best, emphasizing our best qualities and wanting mm-hmm. to build those? Because if we do uh, suburban sprawl indefinitely with car centric planning um, and we're not u- making use of native plants and we're not, um, you know, uh, elevating our, our greatest heroes, uh, then what are we doing? What are we doing? It's not, otherwise it's just a money-making hub. And I don't, I don't want to live in an economy. I want to live in a society 
I think most people want to live in a society. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, how it works. And you want to live in a society, you want to live in a community, and you also live in an ecosystem. That's not negotiable. You can't make that not a thing. So the economy that we build on top of that, I think, should serve those things. Um, and that's that's true at every level of government. So who represents us in Congress has an impact in that, as well as our local leadership and certainly um, our, our uh, delegation to the state capitol. And so yes. um, <clears throat> I, I, I am humbly asking for uh, your vote for HD 16 specifically so that I can be someone who really, really loves Colorado Springs and leads with that in our state capital uh, because we, we need more of it. Yay. That was beautiful. That I love that. that <laughs> good. I loved it. I loved it. A good place to <clears throat> so get that good place for me to land. <laughs> yeah. That, I think you got it. I'm going to ask you one question though. As you noticed, um, I've been walking a lot mm-hmm. and one thing I notice is the lack of people walking, uh, mm-hmm. and especially in a town that is as big as ours, that has the, that is as big as ours with as many people that <laughs> live here as they do. It's kind of nuts that more people aren't walking. You'll see the occasional cyclists, uh, but you'll see that they're especially pedestrians are doing it out of necessity. Um, so what I'm hearing is that there's going to be immediate legislation to force people to walk and burn their cars is what i'm is what i'm yes. hearing this, this well, so what we're actually going to do is we're going to do a demolition derby oh my yes Yay. That's a, we're going to turn drake into a demolition we're going to put up jersey oh barriers we're going to put there we go like sail up the coal i don't think they have it anymore but you could sail up the coal hills and just like demolition derby into be oh my god that is we have solved so, so for many campaign problems. purposes for campaign purposes i would just like to say <laughs> i was joking about the forced <laughs> demolition derby however i am not kidding about the the fun of a de- of a demo derby and if somebody wanted to do one i would be yeah. happy to attend it oh my god um we did we just solved several problems we did just one conversation let me give you the, or was that, what was, what was your question exactly? Well, so we talked about front range rail, there's multi-modes. Sure. Um, sure. Making, you talked about um, the original intent of making the city safe and clean and how else mm-hmm. can you make the safe city clean is by reducing car traffic reducing and car by getting people yeah. to walk and ride and all of that stuff around getting people to move yeah. around in the city. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal to me. Right. Uh, among yeah. other things, but mm-hmm. I mean, you touched on so many others anyway, but sure. I get, well, let me, let me it's brainstorm something. Yeah. Let me brainstorm something here. Again, I do have a broken foot. It's going to take a while for me yeah. to be in a place where I can, I can participate in a walk, but yes. I really want to. And for, for those who don't know, cause I've been in touch with Nick for a while about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to come do a big dumb walk <laughs> with yes. you. and I, I yes. was really hoping to, um, to fit one in, um, before, you know, before the, while the campaign was still live. And then of course um, I had to, you know, fall off my front step walking out of my front door. You know, if you just put that um, bright tape along the lip, that really helps. You know, it's not that I didn't see the step. I just want to point that out. It's not that I didn't see the step. It's that I was in a hurry. Ah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm clumsy. Um, but I Ditto. would like to do, um, so after the election, um, certainly with a win, um, I do plan to do some listening tour activities, some town halls and community circles, like between now and session starting, um, because also it's a, it's a close race. So whoever's winning it is winning it pretty closely. Um, 
And so I want to make sure that I've given people who might be disappointed in the outcome uh, uh, an opportunity to address their concerns to me and be heard and, and you know, whatever. Be, I, want to, I want to be, like, really inclusive in that regard. It really doesn't matter who votes for you once you're um, representative. You need right. to think about everybody's needs. Dance with the mm-hmm. ones that brought you up, but be, be mindful of everyone's uh, needs and concerns. However, um, this will probably be um, over into next year, into the spring or into possibly into the summer. But I do want to do like a um, like a walking tour of the whole district and have a stop at every one where, where people can can come out and and kind of document it and give some people mm-hmm. give people some idea of like um, where uh, where in the district um, we are <clears throat> not uh, have not had enough representation and what I can do better and, and make make use of it that way. It's That'd a big be, district. Fantastic. This big district. It's, it's, and it's as I say that as a walker, yeah, yeah, it's it is the core of the city, and I, I I don't think we said it at the at the top of the um at the top of the recording, but the the HD sixteen runs about Dublin to Pikes Peak between Academy and uh, twenty five, roughly, mm-hmm. roughly. There's like a section out east on the on the yeah, south end, and like, cuts like off a, downtown. There's like a bleh under uh, on, on the bottom there, <laughs> yeah, which would make sense. Cool, Emily. Did you have any questions? Anything? No I asked ideas actually, here. Well, we have Stephanie. Because she's no, never I coming just, back. She's gonna be. She's gonna win, and we're never gonna see I her know, again. I know we're never gonna see her she's again. She's gonna float away on a cloud, and that's how. Well, see it again. Works. The, the yes, I'm going to immediately become very elitist and untouchable. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Sham. But again, me. you'll have to change your number because Nick and I both have it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you have my number. I'm glad so, everyone has my number. You know, um, you'll have to. You'll have to change your. It's the same thread seven, I made. Seven one nine seven one nine two nine seven three two one zero. Everybody should have my phone number. It is listed on all of my stuff as well. It is my that is a direct phone number it comes right to me so excellent look at you look yeah, at you there you go <laughs> i want people to be able to reach me that's almost <laughs> as bold as hiding. the life flock dude it's like my social security number is one yeah. two three four five <laughs> six seven eight nine you can try and buy a car but it ain't gonna get yeah too no um i i think that uh you know watching again because <clears throat> excuse me even as an outsider at the beginning of, of this, uh, this campaign, watching the momentum, even with your broken foot, which, by the way, I don't know if you know, you can actually ride the scooter like a little bike. Um, ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do a little bit. Uh, no, my, my, best, my best friend broke her foot a uh, couple years ago. And every time I was anywhere around her, when she had the little scooter, I would like steal it so I could ride it around like a little trike. But anyway, I <laughs> said, <laughs> um, so watching the, the momentum and knowing that you've done your due diligence with what is necessary and what is required of someone who wants to be the representative for people is amazing it is absolutely amazing um you know i met you as not the candidate but as you know nick's friend and i love i love seeing how how things have changed over just the past few months listening to the buzz of you know before it was they were it was all about the boys and and this and that and then as we've gone along every once in a while you get a little you know well, then there's Stephanie and it's that, that then there's Stephanie has just gotten bigger as, as it's gotten closer to election time. So we don't know if, if you will be the one that, that ends our, uh, or that bookends our political candidate 
chat um, leading up to election. But I mean, if you are, that's kind of awesome because you're, you know, you're the one that, that so many people are talking about, mostly because you're you, but also because you're you're one of the ones that that stands the greatest chance of actually winning their election. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a yeah. important distinction too. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I'll be I will be happy to see you be less available because you know you're in Denver doing your job. Yeah, having champagne with the barons, yes, caviar, and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, living right. in your little your, your little glass house, up rubbing there. elbos with the governor. Oh. I dinner with the governor you know having having been on the because i've been on the floor of the house before I've, I've been in there to um to, to visit before and i've been in some you know some uh, uh legislative offices halls. and whatnot yeah 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 um and I, i've met with the speaker before so i've been he, that's the fanciest office there is and it's still pretty it's still pretty chill <laughs> yeah it's still pretty chill right um the uh i i will say i i really um Sorry, this is a small tangent that I promise we're trying to wrap up, I know. But I, I really feel like the um, the design choices and uh, just the general like decor and um, uh, of everything of the uh, our state capital uh, is just right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. perfect, right? Like it, it's oh, yeah, it's very, a great it is space. Nice. It is nice. It's very, um, you know, it, it definitely like has a um, an elevated feel about it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel so stuffy that it, you think you shouldn't be there if you're a regular person. Yeah. And I think that's really important. You should feel like you belong there as a regular person. Yeah. It should feel like, um, you know, polished, but not uh, gilded. Yeah, it has the it has the gravitas of, you know, this is yeah. where things happen. Mm-hmm. But also, you can just come in off the street. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're there to do the people's business. Mm-hmm. And that's both uh, um, that's both common and uh, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if Gordon Klingenschmidt can get in there, you can, too. Jesus. If Gordon Klingenschmidt can get in there, let's be honest, it should not have been this hard to get anybody in there ever. Ever. We had I I mean, you have a lot of like politicos and activists and whatnot who listen to this to listen to this show, right? Listen to this podcast. Um I I I hope if you're if that if you meet that description, if you're listening to me right now, um please do something constructive with it. (laughs) <laughs> Please do something constructive with it. I'm begging you. Um, I have no problem with uh, with art and with theater. I think it's wonderful. It's a really important part of our culture, regardless of what's going on. Um, but just know that, like, if you have um, any ability to change the outcome of an election, to turn out more voters, to change what kind of laws get passed in various halls of power, like, we need you to do that way more than to react to it when the outcome is bad. 100%. Um, that, that's what we need um, because Republicans control so much more of the government in this country than, than you would imagine, given mm-hmm. uh, how unpopular their, their agenda is. Yeah. Yeah. They've gamed the system. That's it. They've gamed the system and they always show up. Um, and it helps that they have a, um, a, like a, an inherently easier agenda, which is just like regressive and, and undo things. Yeah. Um, and hateful. But, and, and hateful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and pretty divisive. And, and if you're just being divisive and you're not interested in bringing people together, then you don't have to do the difficult work of building bridges where there isn't one. That's more no. difficult. Um, I have to do that, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm looking to build something. Yeah. So and it's easier to make hard. stuff up than it is to, you know, 
get it right. Have facts. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. I mean, those pesky, so, pesky so Just facts. know that, like, we have a taller order. We know we have a taller order. Um, but it's not because, um, you know, Democrats aren't good at this or something. It's just uh, there. We we need more people to step up and lead. Mm-hmm. We have to overwhelm the. Um, we have to overcome a uh, a system that's that's been gamed against us. Absolutely. So we need Absolutely. you. We need you to run for something. We need you to volunteer for campaigns. We need you to hold your elected officials accountable once we're in office. And that includes mm-hmm. me. Call me. Email me. Show up to testifying committee. Call into testifying committee. Uh, lobby me. Lobby me. Please yep. do. Make me uncomfortable. Stephanie Beal. Stephanie Beal. Thank you so much for coming on the show that you named and we stole. Um, and we are still operating out of a closet again, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's, you can put your shoes in here now. Uh, thanks yeah. for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll Ballot see you by November 8th. We'll, yeah. And we'll see you Say the that. next time win or lose. We're, right. we're going to, we're going to yes. do that. All right. Absolutely. Yay. Thanks guys. Yay. So yeah, demo derby, uh, and uh, burn all I'm the cars. Ex- I'm really, I'm honestly, I wish we had thought of that. No, I don't think anyone in government really thinks of that when we no. have these things going on. What should we do with Drake? Turn it into a giant ball pit, or yes. or, or whatever, something that we. Would... Can you imagine getting sunk under like six feet of plastic balls? Ooh, that'd be awesome. You'd never get out ever again. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh, great talk. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Let's get yes. out of here. Do you want to get us out of here? 100%. <laughs> Badly needed long over two. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. I have faith in you. Okay. <laughs> Badly needed and long overdue is a podcast about shaking things up in a conservative city. This show was hosted by Nick Raven and Emily Lewis. It's me. You can watch the video version of this podcast on YouTube. And listen to us in podcast form everywhere you find your podcasts. Yes. All of them. We're there. Find us. Our theme music is by the Knockwalkers, our local ska band. Very awesome. They are doing some live shows. I highly recommend you find them and go listen to them live. And then you can hear the extended version of our theme song. Yeah. Uh, You can reach us on a whole bunch of, of the social media platforms as well. On Instagram, Badly Needed Podcast. On Twitter, at Badly Needed COS. A little uh, a little aside for the, the Twitter. I've been really bad about updating the Twitter. <laughs> um, I realized the other day that I haven't updated Twitter in like six, probably four episodes. Oh, man. So, but follow but anyway. us there anyway. Yeah, follow us there. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Uh, then you, and also on Facebook at Badly Needed and Long Overdue Podcast. And on TikTok, which is Nick's favorite. He's the only one who has new content up there. Uh, at, at BNLO Podcast. Excellent. Emily, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you, listening Nick. or watching wherever you're at in the universe and caring about Colorado Springs. We are Badly Yay. Needed and Long Overdue. And we'll catch you next time. Ba 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 